0: Good morning. Our opening words this morning come from our teal hymnal number 1010. I just love this hymn. It is by Wendy Luella Perkins. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day, for all gathered here and those far away, for this time we share with love and care. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day.
1: Does anybody want to open the wonder box this morning? Uh, yeah, you want to go ahead. Um, what happens this time of year? It's August. What else happens? Cool. Oh, you think? Do you? I might need this, right? Okay. So we have our backpack. What sort of things go in our backpack? Books, pencils, notebooks, water. Yeah, I brought my water bottle. See, and what?
2: Nothing.
1: Lunchbox. Oh, video games. No, don't, don't listen to Nick. He's a bad influence. Yeah, some things to help you not be stressed. That's a great segue for me, my friend. Yeah, so one of the things that all of our adults should have gotten um, is these little charms. And I like to kind of give you these little charms as reminders that you can put on your school bag or maybe your work bag or maybe your keychains to remind you that all of these people around here love and care about you, even when you're not here. On Sunday morning and even when you're not in this building is that kind of cool so I would like you to stand up with if you will for a minute kids and turn and look around at all these beautiful people they are people you know and they're people you don't know and I want you to know that they love you and they will be with you on the bus and in the hallway and in the lunchroom and on the playground and in your classrooms, they will be with you in your heart, loving you and cheering you on. Adults, if you receive that charm, go ahead and take it out now and kind of hold it in your hand over your heart and think all of those good thoughts that you have and wish them into this gift. And then if you'll pass them towards the center aisle Um, each person will kind of pass on their love and care and our kids can come through and collect them and then they can each choose one. And then we'll have the extras left in a basket, um, for anybody else who would like one. Okay. Ready? Okay. Is everybody got an, how about we take a good deep breath? Okay. Okay. Spirit of love and life, be with our children as they journey out from us. Fill their hearts with courage and strength and tenderness. Help them to tell their truth about who they are and all that they see. Help us to listen in a way that lets them speak. Be with all of us whose hearts break for the backpacks not taken up tomorrow. Help us all to reach out using our minds and bodies and words, trusting our wise and growing hearts to truly make our classrooms and our workspaces, our homes and our churches and our world safe and nurturing places for all. Spirit of life and love, fill us all with courage and help to know that wherever we go, we go in love. May it be so, and amen. Have you ever heard it? You
0: use don't believe anything. I think sometimes it is hard for some people to understand us. My mother never did, and I finally gave up trying to explain it to her. Absolutely, you use believe something. We just don't all believe the same thing in terms of theology, in terms of religion. In fact, the bylaws of the Unitarian Universalist Association protect our freedom of belief in Article 2. It is protected in the current Article 2 and in the proposed Article 2, which will be voted on at General Assembly next June. The current version says, nothing herein shall be deemed to infringe upon the individual freedom of belief, which is inherent in the universalist and Unitarian heritages. And the proposed version is equally clear. So, in this room, your beliefs are your own. And it behooves each of us to examine and be well acquainted with our own beliefs. It's so much easier to be clear about what we do not believe than about what we do believe. Our third principle says that we affirm and promote acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth. And the fourth principle adds that we promote a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. I've always felt that as a UU, I have a responsibility to figure out what I believe and that this is the place to help me do it. When stories are shared, like last month, we learn about the beliefs of others. Nick has led a discussion series on developing our own theology. When we had a class on world religions, we had an opportunity to talk with practitioners of many different faiths. These are just some of the ways that we are constantly reminded to consider what we believe. We need to be aware that we can be unaware of some of the beliefs that we hold. Our experiences and our culture influence our beliefs. I recently took one of the 17 tests of implicit bias that Harvard University provides online. If you have not tried this, I encourage you to go to Harvard Implicit Bias and give it a try. Results of my previous tests suggest I have reduced my bias against Black people. Thank goodness. I predicted that I would have a mild preference of Christianity over Islam, but the test thought that my automatic preference is strong. This is an interesting activity that provides food for thought and points to a need for more learning. Belief is important in all areas of our lives because belief drives our action and our lack of action. It determines what we show up for, how we vote, whether we vote. Do we finally enroll in a course of study? Do we believe that we can be successful? Do we contact our legislator? Do we believe that that will matter? I told Mark the other day that I am not ready to shed my violin. I just believe that someday, despite all evidence to the contrary, I am going to be able to play it. Belief. Faith does not require evidence. So that makes it hard to influence another person's beliefs. James Randi, the famous magician and skeptic tells us, no amount of belief makes something a fact. But if we believe that we can achieve a particular end, like supporting each other as you use in our lifelong journey for truth and meaning, then we have a greater chance of success than if we don't believe it. And as we begin this year of programming, work, and fellowship together, I believe we can learn, act for justice, and deepen our connections. A reading this morning is entitled Grounded Someplace Deeper by the Reverend Mark Ward. Reason is a tool, an important tool, sure, an essential arbiter of truth claims about the world. But religion is grounded someplace deeper where we experience the joy of living and are connected intimately with all that is. Religion is an entirely human experience, but one that we get in touch with using some pathway other than intellectual argument. In religion, we seek to address not only what is, but also what we hope for, what we dedicate ourselves to, We rely on it to navigate the shoals of love and grief, compassion and estrangement, gratitude and disappointment, and mystery and wonder. As David Bumbaugh suggests, religion deserves reverence. It requires a vocabulary and a theology. This theology demands no intervention of unearthly forces, but invites us to open ourselves to different ways of living and learning. It considers the human a niche in the vast intertwined plenitude of being. And just what is our niche? We are fragile, fallible sorts for whom just being is a blessing And love is a pole star.
2: I feel I must begin this sermon today with an apology. An apology for my egregious breach of ministerial ethics. Yes, indeed. Last week, as we kicked off our UU 101 theme for the month, I promised to deliver a sermon dedicated to the history of Unitarian Universalism, but what did I do instead? Well, you see, I delivered a sermon that I felt was necessary to give as a sort of preamble to our exploration of Unitarian Universalism this month. We talked instead about the power and importance of history itself itself. And of taking history seriously, acknowledging that doing so may be a matter of life and death. It mattered, to me at least, to start at that place, knowing that history will, of course, continue to flow through all of the remaining three services. Indeed, history will be and is a through line for our congregational life together. To expand on the native american writer thomas king who suggests quote the truth about stories is that that's all we are we might also consider that quote the truth about story uh, the truth about history is that that's all we are we are our history our histories and as the late uu minister the reverend gordon mckeeman puts it we can either be shaped by histories or shapers of it, neither be shaped by histories or shapers of it. And I expect to be honest, we are both. It is from our history that we shape our view in the present day of where we are and when we are, and of the future, the vision before us. History is also a great transition topic into the world of theology, which is our focus of the service today where we are going and don't and don't worry this sermon will do a better job than the last and follow in the letter and spirit of the service title what are we articulating a unitarian universalist theology for today so let's jump in like mission impossible your theology should you choose to articulate it begins with you this may seem obvious, your theology begins with you. Well, duh. But in fact, it is historically opposite to much of Western religion. Rather, theology begins with God, not you, God. After all, the word theology comes from the Greek theologia, which brings together two Greek words theos, which means God, and logia, uh, or the more common logos which means word or discourse or reasoning. For millennia in the Western world, theology began with a consideration, a reasoning and a discourse around God or some conception of the divine. And I think that is what most people think of when they hear the word theology, study of God, the study of beliefs about God. And this is a well and fine starting place for theological reflection, God. Makes sense. But for Unitarian Universalists and others of various orientations, theology has taken on a more humanistic worldview. That is, that the starting place for theology is the human being, or more specifically, you. Questions of God, the origins of the universe or other phenomenon are not unimportant. They are perhaps just not the starting place. And this makes sense due to Unitarian Universalism being a part of, our, of the liberal religious tradition. Liberal here is not used in the modern context of one being politically liberal. Rather, it is an emphasis on individual freedom of religious expo- expression and exploration you have the freedom to determine your own religious worldview. Our transcendentalist ancestors, as I mentioned last week, reinforced this notion of our human capacity for direct experience of whatever we might perceive as God or divinity or nature or love. Being a part of the liberal religious branch of history means that our theologies generally and naturally emerge from each of us as the starting point. Why am I telling you this? Because you can't look out at this world until you understand from where and when you are in this world, from your hyper-individualized context of the cultures that you were born into and have moved through in your life your theological worldview will be shaped by the view you have from that, your vantage point, now and through life. It makes sense, right? However, as Unitarian Universalists, or those considering that title, or getting more involved, or can pronounce it now, with this community, you know, being here with this community of love and inclusion, we are in another pickle of sorts, Because for a long time, Unitarian Universalists were separate, as Chris mentioned, Unitarians and the Universalists, and only came together in 1961, history. Hmm? (laughs) They have moved away for some time from holding a single or any number of creeds. Have you heard that term, creed? Not the band, a good one. A creed is a brief statement of authoritative religious beliefs. It is a list often of theological statements, neat, clean, which are most commonly found in Christianity, such as the Apostles' Creed, the Athanasian Creed, and the Nicene Creed. These are things that people of a religious community have agreed upon and will commit themselves to as a part of becoming a member of that group. And so, for those within a creedal religion, the path is pretty clear. You gather around a common set of theological beliefs, which becomes the foundation, if not the totality, of one's theology or worldview. But we Unitarian Universalists, well, we sure like to make things messy because we have long done away with creed as a prerequisite part of or entry test for participating in our religious community or Unitarian Universalist religious communities, the theologies we then develop here at UUCCI and beyond these walls are as diverse and numerous as the stars in the sky, the snowflakes that fall in, well, in Wisconsin, early December. Here, who knows? precious, beautiful, unique, yes, and likely too, I'd expect there would be elements that would overlap each other. So as Unitarian Universalists, we do not affirm or promote any creed, but rather empower the individual to build their own theology, to construct it from that viewpoint, that starting place that is each of us. Many of us, and uh, at one point or another, have been asked, maybe not do you do you use believe anything, but what do you use believe as a follow-up? This is a question of theology, but it's a really difficult question because the answer that is expected is rarely the one that is given. It's sort of like last Sunday where the sermon title asked one thing and the sermon gave an answer or of something slightly different, but I suppose that is the human journey as you use One appropriate response is to say that we are a non-credal tradition. If you're expecting a creed in response, I don't have it. We are a non creedal tradition, meaning we don't have a common set of beliefs that we agree upon theologically. Instead, you could go on to say, we gather instead in community around the values and promises we hope to embody and offer one another. This is another way of introducing another concept of covenant, which is an entirely different orientation and starting place for community. A concept, which we will explore more deeply later this month, so keep coming. Our shared values help us to embody the best of who we say we are and how we hope to live in this world. And not surprisingly, there are any number of theological paths that can lead us to these values or desires to enter into a community like this one. Your life and your living, your loving and journeying has led you here. Your beliefs and actions constantly refining and reinforcing the other have led you somehow to a place of community where you can continue, where you can continue and are encouraged to learn and grow together with others from different backgrounds. One way to begin building your own theology would be to consider what is at the heart What is at the foundation, the foundational grounding belief that perhaps many or all of your other beliefs are built upon? It might be the power of love, the existence of a higher power or lack thereof. It might be about the inherent goodness of humanity or of the interdependence of all existence. The center of your worldview may be multiple, there might be multiple center points, very postmodern, but this is also appropriate in our non creedal religion, and I'd argue our non creedal world, our world ever more pluralistic in which we live today. One thing I know trips up many people in approaching questions of theology is that due to all of our elementary knowledge of Greek, as I mentioned earlier, we come to believe that theology must be about God, theos. And since many of you may be left behind your childhood uh, or adult uh, understanding of God, you might believe, well, what's more, more is there to say? Theology? Nope. Or got none, done, asked and answered. Let's move on. But I'd say three different things to you about this oversimplification and, I'd say, avoidance of articulating your theological uh, worldview. The first two are about God, and the third one is about you. One, there is a story in the Hasidic tradition of Judaism regarding the nature and existence of God. Rabbi Yevi Yitzhak lived in a town named Beritchev. Beritchev. Which is in now what is in, in what is now Ukraine, just a couple hours outside of Kiev. He was a rabbi and extremely well-respected teacher of the Jewish tradition in the area. And this was, I don't think I put it, in the 17th or 18th century, first half of the 18th century. As the story goes, an atheist came to Rabbi Yevi one day and confessed his struggles. Confessed his struggles to believe in a cruel and uncaring God, and therefore he was an atheist. After listening to the young man, Rabbi Yevi said calmly and reassuringly, You know, the God you don't believe in, I don't believe in either. Rabbi Yevi suggested that the depictions we have been given of God are, ne- are neither necessarily true nor personally valuable nor are they the only conceptions or characteristics of the divine available to us. And I'd likely argue, uh, and I'd likely agree with the statement if you came to me in the same way, you know, uh, the God you don't believe in, I don't believe in him either. Two, there's another story from the sixth century BCE, before the Common Era, one of the most prominent pre-Socratic philosophers, Someone who I wish we had more time to talk about, perhaps another time, was named uh, Xenophanes. First off, great name, Xenophanes was not only a philosopher, but a poet, a a satirist, which is one of the earliest in recorded history, and theologian. In one of his writings, he argues, quote, If cows and horses had hands and could draw, cows would draw gods that look like cows and horses would draw gods that look like horses. Let me say that again. He wrote, if cows and horses had hands and could draw, cows would draw gods that look like cows. Cows would draw gods that look like cows, and horses would draw gods that look like horses. This often offers a sort of counter-argument to the notion that humans are made in the image of God, suggesting and said that perhaps God is made in the image of humans. This is a fundamental difference to the former. Third. Okay, so both Rabbi Yevi and Xenophane's empowers us as humans to neither accept one single conception of God nor remain passive in our capacity to determine our own conceptions of ultimate meaning or truth or divinity. As I said earlier, the third thing I wanted to say about is our struggle with theology, about our struggle with theology is about you and me too. There are two types of theological statements or beliefs and Chris referenced them those that are positive, and those that are negative. Now, positive and negative here do not mean good and bad. Rather, it has to do with a simple, central, everyday word use, which is the word not, or compounded as the word don't. So, Let's talk about ice cream, of course. For me, I do not like mint ice cream, which always seems to go on the grocery list. However, I do like Oreo ice cream. I don't like mint ice cream. I do like Oreo ice cream. I don't like that. I do like that. Those are negative and positive statements Statements in this case of preferences regarding ice cream. The negative statement is I don't don't or I do not like Oreo or mint ice cream. And I do the positive. I do like Oreo ice cream. Creeds are almost entirely made up of positive statements. That is, statements that don't include the word don't or not. They are positive because they are constructive and instructive about what that person may believe. On the other hand, many UUs having left more conservative forms of religion or those who came from no particular religious background may start articulating what they believe with the negative statements. That is, what Uh, with statements that begin with, I don't believe this, in this, or that, and I don't believe, I definitely don't believe that, or x, y, or z. Negative statements are not bad. They say what you don't believe in or value, and that is an important thing to state. But these statements also leave unanswered the questions of what you do believe in. So for example, many of you do not believe in a theistic notion of God or a human characteristic likeness of God. So you might use the term atheist as a catch-all. The A in atheist is that negative uh, counter-belief to one who would use the title theist, theist, atheist. Well, when someone tells me this, that they are an atheist, my response is usually the same. Well, that's great. I affirm your journey and pursuit of truth and meaning. Now, now that you have told me that, that you don't believe in God or a higher power, tell me what you do believe in. They both matter, they're both necessary. Our negative theological statements do not prevent us from making positive statements as well. Sometimes the positive follows the negative, and sometimes uh, it's the other way around around it's different for all of us but it is important we acknowledge it takes both to understand and articulate our individual worldviews our vantage points of how we see this world and how we are trying to move through it grounded in our beliefs values and commitments is what i'm saying making sense So taken together, these three ideas help us to continue our journey of ethical living, which includes thinking, feeling, saying, and doing things in the world. I want to leave you with three things, perhaps gifts, perhaps burdens, who knows, that may help you and all of us think differently about our theologies as Unitarian Universalists. The first is this. The elevator is a less exhausting way to move between floors, but it is not nearly enough time to articulate the fullness of what we believe and hold as true or meaningful in life. So many have argued the importance of developing your elevator speech. In fact, we almost enforce it on ourselves as the the norm, the benefit, the, the credibility to have an elevator speech. Borrowed from the world of business, where there is never enough time for conversation and discernment, we have often felt there's value to boiling it down that we believe to a few short statements that we can get out soon enough that our supervisor sitting in the standing in the elevator next to us might hear it might care about it or might not. But not all things taste better when you reduce them to their smallest denominator. Yet I know that we still live in this world where our attention spans are challenged and distractions are numerous. So we are caught beyond longing for relationship and depth on the one hand and isolation and superficiality on the other. It is a both and of course, we need to uh, say, here is part of what I believe, but let's talk more and go deeper, get some coffee. The second parting gift is an example of my elevator speech. I hope you know this is just the tip of the iceberg. That is me, and it's true today. It might be not true tomorrow. Parts of it might continue. That's the beauty. You get on and off, and you get on and off. Here we go. Hi, I'm a Unitarian Universalist, and this is what I believe. I believe that all that we are all connected in this cosmic web of interdependent relationships that have existed across time and place at the center of each and every one of these connections is the power of love to invite us into that intersection to create something new together. I believe through relationship, we can transform ourselves our community, and the world toward greater compassion, justice, and joy. I believe through um, rooted in values of service and care, I believe I'm here to help bring love and liberation ever more to the center of our lives and communities. At the crossroads of our lives, there is possibility, the possibility of experiencing something so much larger than any one of us alone. There is a power that some call God and others the great mystery, but for me, I call love. It is that love that I hope to share with you as we continue our journey together in this community of hope and courage. Will you join me on that journey? Finally, I'll say this, our theology like our lives, are fluid like rivers. Rather than the stability of rocks, we value here our ability to grow and change and flow throughout our lives as lifelong learners. There is a thread and a through line that courses through the confluence of rivers that are your beliefs and actions, but we are gifted here the ability to change our minds to change our hearts, to shift and sift, to maintain our integrity and continue our journey in love. As we sang in our opening hymn, we would be one as now we join in singing our hymn of love to pledge ourselves anew to that high cause of greater understanding of who we are and what in us is true. We would be lo- one in living for each other to show to all a new community. Friends, a Unitarian Universalist or any theology for today is ours to create and build, is yours to create and build. It begins with you, but in it need not stay there within you. It can and should be shared aloud here in community and beyond these walls, for in it and in our sharing that we are able to offer blessings to one another. The first and constant blessing is the blessing that is you offered to others, a blessing you are, a blessing you are indeed to me and to this community and a blessing too, to this wider world. May it be so. And amen.